0: And we are back. Welcome back to another episode of the Depressed Cincinnati Sports Fan Podcast. I am Jesse on this podcast. We're going to recap the Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball week so far. And it's not been a good week for Cincinnati Bearcats so far. And honestly, I am very disappointed. But that's just the life of being a Cincinnati Sports fan. So we'll recap the Bearcats week so far. And also, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl classic Super Bowl last Sunday, and like I told you guys on last week's podcast, Kansas City Chiefs were going to win the game, and they did, and the 49ers once again in the Super Bowl have choked against the Kansas City Chiefs again, so I will talk about that and give you guys my thoughts on the game and etc. So, let's talk about the Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball team first. About two weeks ago, I said that the Bearcats have a grueling three-game stretch at Texas Tech, home games against Houston and Iowa State. They somehow won in Lubbock, Texas two weeks ago on a Saturday night, 75-72. And then UC had a week between that game and their next game against the Houston Cougars. Now, last Saturday, they took on the Cougars and Kelvin Sampson, the 5th rank, Houston Cougars. And coming to this game, and I told you guys on last week's podcast that Houston, for the last, I believe, six years, have been known to be one of the best rebounding teams in the country. And I said on the podcast last week that UC had to be the more physical team on the rebounding area. And throughout the season, UC has been one of the better rebounding teams in college basketball, especially in the Big Twelve. But in this game, UC—I I, I don't know what happened when it comes to rebounding. The first five minutes of this basketball game against the Cougars, Houston had an eleven-to-one rebounding edge. Eleven to one. And they had, I believe, six offensive rebounds in that first segment. Guys, I was watching the game and I cannot tell you how much I was yelling on box out and get the rebound. I, I just had no idea. I You knew Houston's best trait is offensive rebounding after a missed shot. And for some reason, you see... Defenders, they weren't boxing out Houston. Houston was just getting rebounds on top of them, blah, 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 all that stuff. And I'm like, it kept happening every possession the first five minutes of the game. I had no idea what was going on. It was ridiculous. So Houston jumped out to a 13-point lead. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, we're going to get absolutely shellacked. And we're finally going to have a game in conference play where UC is going to get blown out. But credit to UC. This basketball team doesn't give up. After that, I believe, the 13-minute mark, UC played elite defense. Probably their best defense they played all season. And they locked down Houston. And then they started making shots. Jizzle James, the freshman, came out of the bench and provided a spark. And then UC started making shots down the stretch of the first half. And they took the lead as well. And they had a halftime lead of 32-29. to 29. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, UC has a shot to finally get a top five win for the first time in 12 years? It's been a while since UC has been a top five team in the AP poll. The last time they did that was when they beat number two Syracuse in the Big East Tournament, in the semifinal game. I remember watching that game and I was so excited when UC pulled off the upset. there. It's been 12 years, 12 years since that happened. So going into halftime, I'm thinking to myself, wow, we have a shot to do this. And then coming out of the second half, UC build a lead up to 38-31. to 31. After that, the offense just flustered. They started missing shots. Houston started making shots. And I knew with Houston and their program and what they stand for, you knew that UC wasn't going to blow them out in the second half. I I knew better, obviously. I knew Houston was going to make runs. But I also expected UC to come back and counter those runs to stop those. And they did it because they kept missing shots in the offensive end. So Houston started making shots, and they got the lead up to nine for them. And then with about, like, three minutes left, I was thinking to myself, all right, great end to the first half. Good start to the second half, but the middle of that second half, the Bearcats just couldn't make a shot, and Houston started making shots. I'm like, all right, well, this one's over. Move on to Iowa State on Tuesday night. And then this basketball team. Every time you count them out in the game, every time you want to just give up and just say, all right, well, this one's over, they do the opposite and try to get you back into the game. Then UC got the lead down to five, and then Houston missed a shot, and UC got the lead down to three, and at one point it was 61 to 59, and then it was about under a minute. In 30 seconds left of the game, Houston gets the ball. UC just needs a stop, and if they, they get a stop, they'll get the ball with a chance to tie or take the lead. With the shot clock going down, I forgot who was the Houston player. Oh, L.J. Cryer, right? With the shot clock running down, great defense by one of the best defenders in the country in John Newman III, L.J. Cryer, Fading away, I believe he makes like a one handed shot and he makes it with Newman's face all over him, handing everything, makes the shot, puts Houston up by four, and then Jizzle James tries to go to the rim, misses a layup. Houston gets the ball, and UC fouled him, and then that was pretty much it. What a dagger shot by Cryer. You got to give it up to him. I mean, it was a lucky shot. John Newman, the third play, tremendous defense. I mean, you just, better defense, but better offense by Cryer, I guess, in that possession. So the final score, Houston defeats Cincinnati 67-62. Just a difficult loss right there. An emotional loss as well. As you look at the team stats right here, Houston shot 39.1% from the field. UC shot 37.3. UC was 6 of 20 from the three-point land. Houston was 3 of 16. Free throws. Houston was 10 of 14. UC was 18 for 25. Yeah, they missed seven free throws, but that's still really good when it comes to the Bearcats standards of making free throws because... If you're a Bearcats fan, you know UC is not a good free throw shooting team at all. And you look at the rebounds, Houston won that 41-34, 17 offensive rebounds, 17. And Houston had, I'm sorry, UC had only nine. UC only had eight turnovers, eight. Man, we'll get the turnovers here real soon. Only eight turnovers in this game for UC. Houston had five. It's just the rebounds, man. Just the rebounds that really, really crushed Cincinnati. And also, like I said, that stretch where Houston started making shots and then UC's offense just went on a major drought in this one. Tough loss right there because UC had to win this game. They really had to win this game because it would have built their NSA tournament resume. And now, You have to beat Iowa State. And Iowa State's a damn good basketball team. We'll talk about that game shortly. So, as you look at the box score for Cincinnati. Oh, boy. So, Bendango had eight points. One rebound. He played 21 minutes. John Newman had 10 points. Ten rebounds. Double-double for Newman. Simas Lakosius had six points. He's such an up and down roller coaster and five rebounds. He played thirty-five minutes. Dede Thomas had seven points. He played twenty-two minutes. Dan Skilling led the team in scoring. He comes off the bench, but he should be scoring. I'm sorry, he should be starting. He had thirteen points and he played thirty-two minutes. Jizzle James played. 20 minutes and had 10 points off the bench. Jameer Reynolds had eight points and he played 19 minutes off the bench as well. Victor Locken, Victor Locken, this guy played 13 minutes. He was 0 for 4 from the field, 0 for 3 from the three point land, had three rebounds, and zero points and two fouls. I don't know what's wrong with Vic. I think he's lost, and I know he was sick, but I'm pretty sure he's 100% healthy when it comes to that area, but it is kind of sad to see the the fall of Victor Locken, and he's just not a Big 12 player, he's not, and I am not the type of person to bash college players, because who I am, who am I to do that, but man, it's just... It's frustrating because Vic's about, what, 6'11", pretty much 7 foot. And there's just times when he's in the basketball floor. He just looks like he's putting so much pressure on himself. It doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. And that's sad because I really had big expectations for Vic coming into the season. Same with Wes and the fans. So I don't know. I don't know what's up with him. It's, it's kind of sad to see, to be honest. So yeah, so yeah, tough loss for the Bearcats against Houston. They really needed to win this game, but they had an opportunity. This is life of the Big 12. You play number five, and then three days later, you play the number 10 team in the country in the Iowa State Hawkeyes. Oh, Hawkeyes, Cyclones, thinking about Iowa. This is Iowa State. And Iowa State coming into this game, they were rolling. They are a team that has been playing really well lately. And I warn UC fans. Some some UC fans say, well, even though we didn't beat Houston, we can definitely beat Iowa State. I'm like, hold on. Uh, 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 Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. Iowa State is could be potentially a better defensive team than Houston. And I thought I never never would have thought I said that. But it's true. Iowa State plays elite defense, and they're one of the best teams in the country when it comes to forcing turnovers and stealing the basketball. And in this game on Tuesday night, ladies and gentlemen, the first segment of the game, remember when UC, when I told you the box score for the for the Houston game, UC only had eight total turnovers the whole game against Houston? In this game against Iowa State, the first segment, Of the basketball game. The first five minutes. UC had six turnovers. Six. 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 (laughs) Like. I'm like. What is going on? And. Yes. Iowa State's a good defense. But some of those turnovers UC had. Were just junior high careless. Turnovers man. There were just. Downright stupid. Six turnovers the first segment of the game. Six. Overall for the game, UC had 25 turnovers. 25. (laughs) Like, I thought... The the record for turnovers in the basketball game for Cincinnati Bearcats, and I was, I was looking up Google during the game, was 31. And honestly, I was rooting on for UC to break the record. Is that sad? Yes. Do I care? No. Because every time UC got the ball in their hands, it just felt like they were going to turn the ball over. And they did pretty much 80% of the game. 25 turnovers? Iowa State had 12 steals. 12! And for some reason in the first half when UC had double-digit turnovers the first 10 minutes of the game, at one point had a one-point lead in this game because Iowa State wasn't capitalizing on UC's careless turnovers. But to end the first half, Iowa State went on an 8-0 run and took an 8-point lead at 34-26. Second half, they came out and... Started making shots, and they got the lead up to about, I believe, 16 points. And then I pretty much just waved the right flag. That that was pretty much game. Yeah, UC tried to make a mini run. They got the lead down to nine, I believe. But then Iowa State came back and make a clutch shot and put the lead back to double digits. And that was just, yeah. UC had no business even... Being in this game, the fact that the final score was 68-59, it it was more than nine points, okay? UC got waxed in this game, okay? 25 turnovers, bro. I still can't get over that. (laughs) And look at that. Remember the Houston game when UC just got absolutely out-rebounded and out-mugged by them? UC destroyed Iowa State in a rebound category, 38-24. 15 offensive rebounds. For UC in this one. Where where was that on Saturday? Points off turnovers. Iowa State had 26. UC had 15. Points in the paint. Iowa State had 36. 36. (sighs) Overall for the game, UC shot 38% from the field. Iowa State shot 47%. And a half percent from the field. UC was nine of 23 from three. Iowa State was five of 18. Iowa State only had eight free throw attempts. Made seven. UC had 17 in May 12. 25 turnovers, y'all. 25. Good Lord. Iowa State's a team that I can definitely see winning the Big 12. And that matchup against Houston next week is going to be a really good one. And I can definitely see Iowa State being a team that can definitely reach the Elite Eight. They're that good on defense. And if their offense can be relatively just average at best. I mean, coming into this game, Iowa State's offense averages 78 78 points per game. So for UC to only give up 68, I mean, hey, cool, but it's still, you still lost the game, okay? There's there's no more victory than that. But I can definitely see Iowa State being a team that you can have in your brackets that they can make the Final Four. Because they're that good on defense. Let's go to the box score. Aziz Badengo. you played 20 minutes, you had seven rebounds, and one point, and four turnovers. John Newman III played 29 minutes and had two points and three fouls and six rebounds. Seamus Locosius, Mr. Rollercoaster, had 15 points. He was 3-9 from the three-point land, 4-4 four four from the free throw line, played 31 minutes, 4-12 from the field. day Thomas, he played 16 minutes and had four points And you had six turnovers. You had more turnovers than points. Good Lord. Jameer Reynolds played 21 minutes. He had five points. And he had three fouls and two turnovers. Jizzle James played 25 minutes. Led the team of scoring with 16 points off the bench. Five rebounds, three assists, but five turnovers. Dan Skillings played 32 minutes. had 13 points. 11 rebounds. A double-double for skillings. And then CJ Frederick, who has been out with a hamstring injury. He played a little bit in the Houston game on Saturday. So he played 16 minutes in this game. He had three points and two assists and one turnovers. Victor Locken. Another scoreless game. This guy played... Nine minutes. He was 0 for 2 from the field. Zero points. One rebound. Uh, It's time for Victor Locken to be in the bench. I'm sorry, but why are you still starting this man? This man had back-to-back games of no points scored. And I know Wes Miller is a player's type of coach. And I know he's going to start Vic on Saturday against UCF. Why? This man had zero points for the second straight game. Zero points. It's sad. Like I said, it is sad to see the the fall of Victor Lockett. Tough loss for the Bearcats once again. I said during this three-game stretch, the Bearcats can win two or three, and that's big. But they only went one and two. And suffer back-to-back home losses. For some reason, this team in Big 12 play, they don't play well at home. But they're a much better team on the road. Makes no sense. That's just how college basketball is this year. Nothing makes sense at all. And when it comes to UC's tournament hopes, yeah, 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 you can probably forget about that. The only way UC can make the NCAA tournament, as I check the schedule right now, at UCF on Saturday, that can be a loss. Home against Oklahoma State on Wednesday, the 21st. Yeah, Oklahoma State's bad, but I guarantee that game's going to be close. At TCU next Saturday, they want the revenge when UC beat them here, and we have to go there. So that definitely is going to be a loss at Houston to end the month of February. That's a loss. Home against Kansas State on March the 2nd. I mean, you just did. That's a toss-up. At Oklahoma on March the 5th. Do you want to get your revenge after Oklahoma punched you in the second half in the first meeting in Cincinnati? I mean, I don't know. And then to end the season, Senior Day against West Virginia on the 9th of March. I mean, that's your bad loss of the season. You, you uh, did, Can They should win that game, right? They should. I don't know. So, you look at that. You have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven games left. Okay. If you want me to be the optimistic Bearcats fan, I'll put that hat on right now. Say if they beat UCF on Saturday. I don't know. They could. You win that one. You beat Oklahoma State. You lose to TCU. You lose to Houston. You beat Kansas State. You beat Oklahoma. You beat West Virginia. So that's what? One, two, three, four, five. You go five and two these next seven games. Is that possible? Absolutely not. But that's I'm putting on my optimistic Bearcats hat. Sorry, sorry, what well, it that was, it was not optimistic there. Is five and two likely? I don't know. You don't know, you don't know about this team right now. Could I see them going four and three? Maybe. I just don't know what this basketball team. They are who they are, okay? They're just a roller coaster type of team. A team that will frustrate you, a team that will get you hype and then frustrate you again, get you hype again, and be like, what the F you just did? It's just that. It's just been that type of season for Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball. It's been exciting, but also it's been really, really frustrating. So, let me be real with you right now, okay? Let me just take off my optimistic Bearcats hat. This team is a team that is a very competitive team. And they will fight to the end. They will. But they are who they are. And most likely, they're going to probably be in the NIT for the second straight season. And going into this season, if you would have told me that, I would have been like, okay, I would not be mad about that. But with the games that... The Bearcats have lost during conference play. It's still frustrating because they could have easily won those games if they would have just made their damn free throws or get a stop on the defensive end. It is what it is, okay? So, I'm going to watch these next seven games. I have no expectations. I'm not going to think about March Madness, not all of that stuff. I'm just thinking about what this team needs to do in the offseason season in the transfer portal to get better players and then be better next season when it comes to closing out games and getting shooters and getting defensive stops and not turn over the damn basketball and getting better big man play and not having your starter only score zero points in the game, that type of stuff. So, yeah. It's still been a fun season. It really has. It's I'm loving that UC is relevant even though it's been it's been a struggle lately, them losing 7 of the last 10 games. It's just good that I can like actually watch a game and be like, "Okay, I'm actually looking forward to watching the, the Bearcats play." Now, am I going to have the same enthusiasm these next 7 games? Time will tell, okay? Time will tell. But Obviously, the next seven games are all must win. They can definitely lose on Saturday UCF because UC beat them three weeks ago here. So, obviously, UCF wants the revenge. UCF beat Texas on the road and upset Kansas at home. That can be a loss. Oklahoma State, yeah, the last place in the Big 12 Conference, but doesn't matter. They can, they can beat UC. TCU, UC beat TCU here <clears throat> a month ago, and they want the revenge. Obviously, so that's going to be a TCU win. At Houston, that's a loss. And then Kansas State, that game could go either way. Kansas State beat Kansas. They're an up and down team. They're just like Cincinnati, so that's pretty much a pick them. And then at Oklahoma, Oklahoma beat UC here a month ago. If you're the Bearcats, you want revenge. Is that going to happen? I don't know. Maybe it's at Oklahoma. Doesn't matter. I mean, you see, like I said, they're a much better road team in conference play than they are at home. Makes no sense. And then West Virginia to end the season on your senior day, on your home court. I swear, if you lose that game, I am going to go off on this podcast. That's all I'm going to say. You cannot lose to West Virginia and get swept by them. But can that happen? It can. This team is just... It's just, ah. <laughs> they better not lose on your senior day. That's all I'm saying. You better not. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Switching sports now. The Super Bowl. Oh, man. What a great game between the Chiefs and the Niners. The first half was a snoozer. I mean, the Niners were dominating, but they were only up. By seven. And then... Was it seven or four? No, they are up by four. Yeah, they only up by four. But they were dominating pretty much in every statistical category. But I just knew in the back of my head, if you allow Patrick Mahomes to stay in the game and just to be only down by like 10 or less points, especially in the playoffs, especially in the Super Bowl... He's going to carve you up later in the game. And that's pretty much what he did. And... Niners, you once again choked and blew another lead in the Super Bowl. Just like you did the first time when you played the Chiefs five years ago. I don't know why the Niners decided not to run CMC in the second half. And then... You just can't do that when you're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I have to give the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes their props. That's a damn good football team. That's three Super Bowls in the last five years, back to back. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. The Chiefs are a dynasty of the 2020s. Yes, me saying this right now is really pretty much crushing me to the soul right now, but I have to appreciate greatness. Doesn't mean I have to like it. I don't have to like this shit, but I can definitely appreciate it. Patrick Holmes is definitely one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I can't believe I'm saying that. And once again, the Niners are just a bunch of chokers. Pretty much that's who they are. (laughs) And the fact that you lose two Super Bowls while you guys had a double-digit leads in both of those games. Yikes. So what does that mean for the Bengals? Okay? What the Bengals need to do to get on the Chiefs level? Okay? Cause we already know the Chiefs are gonna be in the AFC title game next year, okay? That's already signed and sealed. They're gonna be in the AFC title game next year. It's no matter who they're gonna be playing. They're gonna be playing the Ravens or could the they perhaps play Joe Burrow, a healthy Joe Burrow, hopefully, knock on wood, and the Cincinnati Bengals. What do the Bengals need to do? I mean, I feel like the Bengals need to keep their core players. That's what the Chiefs have right now. And even though the Chiefs struggle in the regular season, they just turn it up in the playoffs. And I think they just know that once they get into the playoffs... Everything changes, and they just they just know how to win because they've done it before. Honestly, I didn't think this Chiefs team was going to, when the playoffs started, I thought they were going to lose to the Bills in the divisional round. Patrick Mahomes playing his first road playoff game, I thought no way, and somehow they beat the Bills, they beat the Ravens, they beat the Niners. Led by their underrated defense. And led by the greatness of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I really hope the Bengals are taking notes. What the Chiefs are doing. Because. The only person that can stop this Chiefs dynasty. Is a healthy Joe Burrow. Because. Because. If the Chiefs win the Super Bowl again next year, which it can happen, they go back to back to back. I'm ending this podcast. I just can't. I can't do it. I cannot. It needs to be stopped. Like I said, you can appreciate greatness. It doesn't mean I like it. I hate it so much. I really do. This needs to stop. And the Bengals, this is a very important offseason. season. You need to surround some key players around Joe Burrow. And this offseason is so important for the Bengals. It really is. I'm not saying it's make or break, but damn it. The Chiefs aren't going anywhere. And honestly, I think the Ravens, this was your best shot to win a Super Bowl. And you choked, so I, I don't really. They're, they're, they'll be there. Don't get me wrong. They'll still be there. I just don't think that. They're going to beat the Chiefs. No, I think that with a healthy Joe Burrow, I think the Bengals beat the Ravens. And that's not me being biased. I'm just saying the truth. So, very important offseason coming up. NFL draft. Combine. We'll see what the Bengals are going to do. But I really hope they're taking notes on what the Chiefs are doing right now. All right, that's pretty much it for this podcast. As always, I appreciate all my followers, all my Day Zero followers, and also appreciate the new followers that are following this podcast. If you're all listening to this podcast on Spotify, give it a five-star review. Leave a review, anything. I'll greatly appreciate it, and I appreciate you guys. You guys have a great holiday weekend. Stay safe out there, and... Yeah, hey, baseball season's coming up. The Reds pitchers and catchers reported this week. And I'll be diving into Reds baseball here shortly. And about a month and a half will be opening day. Crazy. And also, FC Cincinnati, their first game is in nine days. It just felt like soccer season just ended a month ago for them. And now MLS play is about to begin in nine days. Crazy. Crazy. So, things about to pick up here when it comes to Cincinnati sports. So, looking forward to that. All right, guys. I am out. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Peace.